Hi, I'm Tom Zalatni. And I'm Tefera Jamian. And you're listening to the No Bad Food Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. This is a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. Every week we dig into a different dish, meal, ingredient, cuisine, or piece of food media, exploring the history and culture around it, sharing favorite recipes, and learning from our wonderful guests. The only rule? You gotta love it. After all, there's no such thing as bad food. Before we dig in, we'd like to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where we're recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. I want to encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. So, what are we talking about today? We're talking about fruit. Fruit. It's a fruit episode, so you know what that means. Teffer did a lot of prep. <laughs> I know. this. If it's a fruit episode, you can probably bet that at some point in the last few years, I have done a hyperfixation on a fruit, because um, that's just a thing that I do. So today, we're talking about a fruit that I hyperfixated on last year. It's in true. Fact. I remember. And I'm about to get into it this year, too, because I cannot believe that we don't have any in the house, and I'm about to talk about them for an hour, and then I don't get to eat any. And it's, it's a crime. It's cruel, frankly. It's a crime because what we are talking about today, folks, is the persimmon. Mm-hmm. Now, on this side of the world, uh, persimmons, especially on this particular quadrant of the world, um, persimmons are not too widely known. Uh, when you Google persimmons in Canada, a lot of the results that come out uh, come up are, how do you eat a persimmon? Sure. If you're not familiar with the persimmon, it is, in fact, the national fruit of Japan. Oh. It's very widely cultivated and eaten in Asia. Hmm. Like, they're often like backyard trees, the way apple trees will be here. Oh, that's A cool. lot of people just have persimmon trees. That's That makes a lot of sense to me, because my first introduction to the persimmon was the Animal Crossing video games, yeah. where you can grow them as a yeah. fruit in your town, which I always thought was weird, because I was like, why well, haven't ever heard of this? But it's if it's common it's in Japan, it's mostly in Asia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, they're beautiful. They're really decorative trees. They mm-hmm. they have pretty flowers. They have pretty leaves, and then they have these beautiful fruits that that ripen in the fall and into the winter, mm. uh, or like what is winter here? Because sure. yeah. this is where we live in interminable winter. Uh, basically, just Narnia in the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe because Quebec is secular. Yeah, for uh, for listeners who are not from here, happy Groundhog Day. Uh, for listeners who are from here, uh, rest in peace, Fred Lamarmotte. Um, our groundhog literally died from cold exposure the night before Groundhog Day. So I think we're never going to see sun again, right? I'm never going to recover. <laughs> they went to see what he said. <laughs> he had died. Poor Fred. Speaking of dying, it's <laughs> a transition. Speaking of dying, did you know that persimmons can kill you if they're not ripe? Look, you haven't even let me make my pitch yet. <laughs> I'm sorry. We'll get there. Okay, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get, get there. there. Chekhov's persimmon. Stay tuned, folks. <laughs> So if you're not familiar with the persimmon, you actually probably are. You've mm-hmm, probably mm-hmm. seen them in the grocery store around this time of year, mm-hmm. uh, like November through January, into February a little. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I didn't bought any yet. I need to do that before the season ends. Mm-hmm. Um, they're 
uh, orange fruits that kind of look like tomatoes. Mm -hmm. They come both in the beefsteak and Roma tomato variety. Mm -hmm. Some of them are long and pointed. Some of them are like short and squatty. Um, The short squatty ones are called Fuyu persimmons, and the long tapered ones are called Hachia persimmons, which I'm so sorry if I'm saying this wrong. Uh, Yep. Fuyu persimmons are eaten when they're firm. Um, their texture is often compared to an apple. I've never had a fuyu persimmon. Um, and hachia persimmons are eaten when they're extremely ripe and extremely soft. And if you're not familiar with them, uh, you would probably try to eat them before they're fully ripe, hmm. as I once did. The first, My first foray into eating persimmons... Uh, as an adult, I have a childhood persimmon story that will come later. But my Alrighty. first foray into eating persimmons as an adult was that I bought a hatchia persimmon to make a fennel and persimmon salad, uh, which those flavors go really nicely together. We we were together at this time. You ate the salad or I maybe remember. not as much as I did. Yeah, I made it before the persimmon was fully ripe. Mm-hmm. And... Um, um, persimmons before they are fully ripe are not good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're extremely astringent. They give you that like furry tongue, like Ooh, totally, totally dry mouth feel. Mm-hmm. And I made a salad with them, and then I was just so committed <laughs> to enjoying it <laughs> that I ate a lot of it, and then I had just the worst stomach ache of my life. <laughs> Um, so don't, don't eat persimmons before they're ripe. Yeah. How do we, how do we know if a persimmon is ripe? Is there a surefire way to do it? Yeah. So with the, uh, with the Fuyu persimmons, it's, you know, they're fragrant, they're deeply colored like other fruit. It's kind of easier, Mm -hmm. but really check that it's a Fuyu persimmon, which are the little short squatty ones. If it's a Hachia persimmon, you want it to be so soft that you'll think it's overripe. Mm, yeah, like they yeah. feel when they're fully ripe like bags of jelly. Mm-hmm. Um, they really are get very, very soft and they're wonderful. Their texture is is kind of jelly like, but also like smooth, like a um like a custard or a Yeah. I mean a custard feels yeah, right. Custard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fruit custard. And my favorite way to eat a hatchia persimmon, which is what I did with just dozens of them last year, uh, is to just slice the top off, take a spoon and just eat it out of the skin. Mm, um it's sure. absolutely delicious. <laughs> it's so sweet it's so rich Mm. um it really has like a richness that a lot of fruit doesn't have it's uh, it's hard to compare like i've heard them compared to ripe plums sure uh and i think texturally it's very close to that but without the crunch Mm -hmm. um and the flavor is not too far off but it's much sweeter and much more mellow Mm -hmm. doesn't really have much sharpness like it has just enough to offset the sweetness it's really balanced yeah that's it i i find persimmons are are fun because they're not a super like pronounced flavor right like there's a lot of fruits where you take a bite like thinking about like a strawberry you know yeah you take a bite of a strawberry you're like whoa big strawberry flavor happening Mm -hmm. with a persimmon it is like a little subtle it's mellow but it's just it's beautiful it's really good it's rich a really good I feel like it's like a really good plate of polenta it's you know something that has like a mellow flavor but like when it's right mm-hmm. it's so good yeah yeah and I love them yeah yeah I had um so obviously you were my my real world introduction to persimmons um, <laughs> but uh my very Italian boss got a bunch of persimmons a little while back that were like 
perfectly right. Yeah, I remember you telling me about this. Yeah. yeah. And like, you know, I, I don't know if persimmons grow in Italy specifically or if they're just really popular in Italy because of like proximity to Spain where they do grow a lot. Um, they probably grow in Italy they too. They probably grow in Italy. They're not they're not native to Italy, but I'm I'm sure yeah. they grow there. Yeah, and uh, so at any rate, you know, <laughs> he like got a ton of them brought in and uh, you know shared with us, and they were so good. And it was like it was that situation where you know they sat on the counter for a bit, and we looked at them, and I was like, "Are you sure? Like, are you sure these are still good? Like, they they're so squishy." He's like, "Yeah, that's what you want. You want it to be like." You want it to be a texture that any other fruit, you would be like, this is gone now. Yeah. 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 You want it to be <laughs> so squishy. Yeah. Uh, and it is just absolutely perfect. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, I, I will say the first time I had a perfectly ripe one, the texture threw me off a little bit. It, yeah. If you're not expecting it, it is. It throws yeah. you off. And the first time that I like learned that mm-hmm. and actually let a persimmon ripen all the way, I was like, did I leave this too long? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. so nervous. <laughs> Uh, because of the way Hatchia persimmons get so soft, you can't really slice them. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you can, but, like, it's much better to treat it kind of like an avocado, mm-hmm. cut it in half or cut the top off and just scoop it up right. with a spoon. Uh, you can also, like, I've seen people spread it on toast, Ooh, just directly okay. on toast with butter. Sure. Uh, which I have not tried, but who boy am I going to? And one way you can eat them, which I've never tried, but I want to try, mm. is you let them ripen and then you freeze them. Okay. And apparently when they freeze, you just freeze the whole fruit, um, the inside becomes like ice cream. It's like creamy oh. and persimmony. And wonderful. And you can do the same thing where you just like cut off the top and scoop it out. Heck yeah. And I really want to try that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's get some like as soon as possible. Yeah. Put half in the freezer. Yeah. And let the other half turn to soup on our counter. Well, we want to let them turn to soup before we freeze them. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. That makes um, sense. But I mean, you, 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 you bet your bupkis I'm picking up persimmons <laughs> at the grocery store tomorrow. Are you kidding me? If they have them, they're coming home with me. Perfect. <laughs> What's uh do you have like a prominent persimmon memory? <laughs> My first memory of persimmons is not actually of eating them. Okay. I'm sure I did. Mm-hmm. Um but that's not what the memory is. For a little while when I was, I want to say in middle school, my dad was bringing home persimmons from the grocery store. They were the khaki ones, the ones that are like shorter and squatter. Mm. And they were just like kept on a bowl on our dining table. And I went through a period of drawing them, like doing still lives of persimmons on brown paper with uh, with chalk pastels. Mm. Um, I have no idea where those ended up. I would love to see them. They were very pretty. So I spent a long time, like I love the aesthetic of them. They're beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um they're considered berries like tomatoes are. Right. But they are, like I said, like they're tomato. I think the easiest thing to compare them to is a tomato. They are sort of tomato size and tomato shaped. Yeah. Uh, but they're this, this. well, they range from yellow to red, but the most common ones are this kind of like mellow orange color. Like it's not as bright as a citrus. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sometimes blushes a little like yellow or, or red. It's just very pretty. To me, they, they look almost like, they look like what I imagine a prehistoric tomato would look like. Yeah, you know? I get that. Like they, their leaves are a little like, like grungier, and their color is a little duller. Like they're not the like the like 
super bright red with the beautiful yeah. green leaves. They're like a like a kind of duller orange with like a yeah. crunchy brown leaf. And I'm like, yeah, that's what like if you if you see like cartoon dinosaur shows, that's what the tomato would look like, you know? Yeah. But I want to stick up for the leaves because I was actually just about to talk to them. And yes, I mean it's <laughs> You were it's, about to talk to the leaves. I was about to talk to the leaves. I was about to talk about the leaves. I was about to connect spiritually with the persimmon. Here we go. Yes, they dry, they come off trees, right? So mm. like it's it's actually closer to like an apple and what would happen to an apple leaf sure. in the store. I don't think it's a fair comparison to a tomato. The other thing about the persimmon, uh, is that a calyx? That might be a calyx, actually, or calyx. I don't know which way it goes because I learn words by reading them sure. um, in my head. Uh, so don't make fun of me. Anyway, I think it's pretty. It looks, it's like a four-pointed star yeah. with like tapering leaves that have a bit of a curve to them. And it turns to like, yes, this like taupe color, like mm-hmm. a, a taupe, a goldish taupe with a with a, a, a circle in the middle that's a little bit raised. It's very like ornate. It's very yeah. ornamental. Yeah. Um. It's almost like they have like, it's like those lamps that have like a brass base and then a blown glass bulb. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. That's, that's like, I think that's part of what I mean by them seeming like an old timey tomato yeah. almost because there, there's something more like, I mean, I think ornate's the right word for yeah. it. Yeah. Like they, they look like bronze. Yeah. That's yeah. it. They look like they were sculpted in a way, like yeah. in the same way that like uh, pomegranates do, right? Yeah. Where like pomegranates have that weird little like crown at the top. It's all these Asian fruits just being real pretty. <laughs> I, it, I mean, it's, it's like, in my mind, it's like old world plants almost <laughs> have this like, <laughs> like rusticness to them. I don't know. <laughs> So apples are like younger than pomegranates. I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, like there's, there's. Well, they look also like a uh, mangosteen, actually. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like there, there is something like there's something really neat about like these fruits and and vegetables that have that kind of like, I don't know, like that that more like earthy kind of thing to them. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, they're the uh, they're the like I was gonna say they're like the arid. But I think that I only know that for sure about pomegranates. I don't actually know that mm. persimmons probably are not growing in arid conditions because I don't think Japan is particularly arid. Sure. <laughs> it's, it's, to me, it's like it's the distinction between like the like pretty fruits that are like shiny mm-hmm. and sweet mm-hmm. and, and, and like polished looking and the ones that are like graceful and strong in their like countenance or whatever. I feel like this know? is getting into very intimate personal preferences. Yeah, I don't know. Like there's there's something they're they're regal almost. They are. And yeah. like and and look like they've been painted instead of looking like they've been designed in in 3D illustrator programs. Mm, I'm going to argue with that one. I'm going to say that like pears, peaches, sure. A lot of stone fruit look like they were painted by a uh, let's say Rococo or even Impressionist painter, sure. whereas um, pomegranates, persimmons, mangosteen, etc., look like they're like a design on a tile. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah or yeah. like jewelry, which like I'm not just biased because a lot of Armenian jewelry has pomegranate <laughs> motifs <laughs> or <It's>, anything. <laughs> to me, it's like there's there's the fruits that look like they were drawn on like papyrus and then there's the fruits that look like they were painted on canvas and then there's the fruits that look like they were made in like adobe illustrator and there's the fruits that (laughs) tempted eve to sin and then there's the fruits that solomon's beloved 
uh, wears on her cheeks in Song of Solomon. And then there's... And then there's the Fruit of the Loom. This episode of No Bad Food is brought to you in part by Fruit of the Loom. Don't give Comfortable them, underwear, them, stylish apparel. Don't, don't give them free advertising. <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you giving away free advertising spots on our podcast? I'm running out of underwear. Make them <laughs> work help. for it. Help me, Fruit of the Loom. You are my only hope. Cover so, me. Back to persimmons. Back to persimmons. As per our last simmons. Did you know... You've made that joke four times. Not tonight. on the podcast. Think about that. I think you need, I need you to really think about those two pairs of statements and think about what statement you are making here. It's been a long day, folks. <laughs> Did you know that persimmons are part of the family Ebenaceae? No. What can, does that mean? Can you guess? Tomato is part of it. What can I guess? What? I, I don't know. What, Do what's tomatoes the grow question? on trees? <laughs> Can I guess what? Ebenaceae. What family do you think that's from? I don't know. The same as the tomatoes? Are fr- Is it a nightshade? No. No. Ebenaceae are, are, are a family of trees. Okay. Which tomatoes are not. Tomatoes, okay. tomatoes do not grow on trees. No, that's true. Nightshades aren't trees. No. I'm just telling this for the people. Mm-hmm. I know you know. Obviously, dear. Um, but <laughs> persimmons grow on trees, and Ebenaceae, a number of non-persimmon species of the genus Ebenaceae, are grown for ebony timber. Oh, okay. So, so is persimmon wood used for a lot of furniture and stuff? No, okay. non-persimmon species. So it's just a very useful okay, okay. genus of tree because sure. you can get ebony wood and you can also get persimmons. Nice. Another nice thing about persimmons, mm-hmm. um, they are, they have a real s- sexual diversity as a sure. plant. All right. Um, so they're typically dioecious. Dioecious. <laughs> I really should. I really should look up pronunciations of things before I hop on the mic. Um, <laughs> meaning, I just take notes and then I'm like, ah, oh, crap! I haven't read this out loud ever. Uh, which means that. Usually, male and female flowers are produced on different trees. Okay, um, sure. So, like, they don't do asexual reproduction like a lot of plants do. Mm-hmm. They they do sexual reproduction. These trees get it on. However, some trees have both male and female flowers. Okay. And in rare cases, trees may bear a perfect flower, which contains both male and female reproductive organs in one flower. Oh. Which means that um, persimmon trees basically have about the same sexual diversity as people. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Like, I can dig that. There's like male, female, and intersex trees. Right. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I like that. Cool. that is the very flowers cool. are also really beautiful. Um, the male flowers are pink. Mm-hmm. Uh, they usually appear in groups of three. They look a lot like the calyx because the fruit develops from the flower, right? And what stays on the fruit. Do you know this about fruits? No. And flowers? Okay. So you know that fruits develop from flowers, I assume, because yeah. you yeah, went yeah. to school. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when the fruit develops from the flower, the part of the flower that the fruit develops from mm. is the middle. Yeah. So, like, you have the petals and you have the little center with yeah. the, like, stamens. that the bees go bzz bzz and pollinate yeah the part that's usually yellow in cartoons exactly exactly so um if you pay attention to like the 
crab apple trees in our neighborhood mm-hmm. this year. You'll like see this happen. Consider the crab apple. Consider the crab apple and how they grow. Um, so basically, as the petals start to wither, the middle part gets bigger. Okay. And turns into the fruit. And so sometimes if you let go apple picking or something, sometimes you'll pick an apple and it will still have little petals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the stem end and on the blossom end, which is what we call the non-stem end of the apple. Okay, yeah. You can see the structure there is reminiscent of the center of an apple flower. Okay, cool. With the little like sticky outy bits that go in five directions like the five petals of an apple flower. Right. So with the persimmon, uh, the calyx on the end that we were just talking about, the really like pretty ornamental part, Mm -hmm. is the part of the flower that's left as the fruit burgeons and grows. And so you see that the flowers themselves look a lot like it, just like pink in the male flower case and white in the female flower case. Wow. Um, science okay. is yeah. nature is very cool. That is cool. I like that. <laughs> if uh, if folks at home are wondering if persimmons are good for you, let me give you a little fun fact of my own here because I did a little checking because uh, I don't know I I recently have been trying to uh, include more fiber in my diet. Uh, so I've started paying attention to whether or not things are good sources of fiber. Uh, and I can confirm persimmons is good for your poops. Persimmons are very high in fiber, which is why I had the worst stomach ache of my life after eating all non-ripe ones. <laughs> a ripe persimmon is good for your poop. Uh, they're also an excellent source of vitamins A and C. Yeah. So, uh, you know, have a, have a good little fruit there. And they're just so yummy. And yeah. at least where we live, they're not available year round speaking of things that aren't available year round <laughs> let's go to the mid-roll speaking of things that are a good source of fiber how about we hop over to the mid-roll uh, yes we're the real substance of our show lies <laughs> <laughs> if you're enjoying the show so far uh please hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so that you never miss a new episode mm-hmm. while you're at it please consider leaving a rating and review on apple podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend maybe a friend who's never had a persimmon whoa you just like start that conversation like hey bro you ever had a persimmon have you heard the good news of our lord and savior persimmons look like i know you think that's a stretch but that's basically how i function in daily life like excuse me have you heard about fruit may i introduce you (laughs) to the concept of fruit Fruit. (laughs) i know someone else whose top is a little bit dried out and whose sides are orange jesus yeah i guess yeah, for every rating and review we get during the month of February, we'll be donating $2 to The Depot, our local food bank here in NDG. They can turn every $1 into $3 worth of food for a family in need. They also frequently have, they always have produce, and so maybe they'll yeah. even have persimmons. You never know. Uh so by leaving a rating and review of this show, which is free mm-hmm. to leave the review yeah. and also the show, Don't cost you're you functionally donating $6 worth of food to people who need it, which mm-hmm. could be as much as two persimmons, honestly. Yeah. There's literally no other way to turn zero into persimmons. So if that math, I mean, unless you're a persimmon tree, I guess, especially if you're a persimmon tree with a perfect flower, in yeah. which case you don't need no man. Mm-mm. All you need is your perfect flower. Mm-hmm. So if that math is exciting for you, be like the persimmon tree and just do it. 
You can read all about what the depot is doing in the link and the description of this episode. <laughs> that was a lot of words there. Now, speaking of things that uh, won't stick around too long. Ooh. Hey, uh, did you know that now's your chance to submit your nominations and cast your votes to determine who gets to compete in Munch Madness 2023? It's true. If you don't know, Munch Madness is our annual food bracket tournament where we pit foods against each other week after week with special guest judges to determine the best food of the year. Uh, that food then gets, you know, bragging rights and also a ton of extra content dedicated to it for the rest of 2023. There's uh, not a lot of time left for you to make your nominations. We'll be announcing the lineup at the end of February. So uh, you got a couple weeks, but if you haven't done it yet, go do it. Uh, I'm not going to tell you anything about who the front runners are right now, uh, but you got to get your, uh, you got to get your horse in the saddle folks. Cause if you don't get your horse in the saddle, how you going to ride? Vote is what I'm trying to say. Do you think the horse goes in the saddle? I think you got to get the horse in the saddle and and gallop down to the polls and make your opinion heard for democracy. Do you mean... Okay. You know Listen, what, you gonna... can lead a horse to the polling station, but you can't make it vote, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, it's also worth mentioning uh, here in the middle of the show that we are trying to reach a new goal over on our Patreon page during the month of February. Uh <laughs> We are trying to reach a new goal uh, over. It's also worth mentioning that we're trying to, ooh, baby, over on patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod. We want to reach $50 in support pledged by listeners like you before the end of Hiamiare. And if we do that, we're going to be launching the No Bad Food Recipe Club, where we will be posting recipes over on our Patreon uh, that you guys can dig into and cook with us and talk about on our Discord, which we have. And if you want the Discord link, you got to be a patron. So please give us money. Do it. How many ballers do we have now? How many ballers? How many dollars do we have now? I think we're around 26, 27. How many sweet beans do we have in the pot? We got about, we got about, <laughs> we got about done and a half. <laughs> well, speaking of the southern United States. <laughs> Let's get back to the show. I saved this for the second half of the show because this is an aspect of persimmons that I'm very passionate about despite having never experienced in the flesh but it is on my bucket list to one day have this experience and Mm -hmm. that is can you guess you already said the thing about turning it into ice cream so I'm assuming it's not that it's not that is it persimmon wine it is not okay it is the American persimmon Okay. So, so far we have been talking about the Asian persimmon, Hachia and Fuyu, um, which grow widely in Asia, Asia, widely in Asia and also in other warm parts of the world where they have been transported uh, Mm -hmm. by immigration over the years. Sure. The American persimmon, which is of the same genus, Mm -hmm. uh, is a persimmon that is native to the southeastern United States. Mm -hmm. Uh, It grows wild, but has been cultivated for its fruit and wood since prehistoric time. Uh, There is fossil record of it in Alaska and Greenland. Um, It's a very old tree. Um, And it is of the same family. It is the same type of tree. It's just the type that has developed on the other side of the ocean. Cool. Um, Its range grows from, I believe, like, yeah, southern Connecticut, southern Pennsylvania, down through Florida and over, like, into Texas, into Oklahoma. 
up to like the southern half of Indiana. So like it's like a good hunk of the southeastern United States, but it's like a little broader margin mm-hmm. than what we usually call the southeastern United sure, States. Yeah, yeah. Um it's a wild tree. It has been cultivated, but it isn't cultivated industrially okay. because persimmons do not transport well. Yeah. Uh, and this is also why persimmons are not available for very long in our part of the world and why you get them unripe and then have to ripen them on your counter right. because when you eat them when they are at the gooey almost rotten falling off the tree stage you can't really transport them yeah no <laughs> it would be it'd be really hard to like transport basically ripe persimmons further than like your kitchen to your living room yeah yeah so like if you live in any of those states um the season for american persimmons is usually around november mm-hmm. uh maybe a little earlier in the cooler states and um God, please, if you have access to them, like you definitely do. They, you, uh, this is something like um, if you follow Alexis Nicole, the Black Forager, uh, she talks about them a lot because she can just pick American persimmons. They just grow everywhere because they're beautiful trees. They grow much taller than the Asian varieties. So instead of being like small decorative trees or uh, ornamental trees, they grow up to like 66 feet. Wow. Um, and they have beautiful leaves and... Uh, they grow everywhere. Nice. Um, so chances are if you live in a region where they grow, just like look around. Like like confirm, obviously. Don't just yeah. eat random fruit off a tree without confirming what it is. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they look like persimmons. Yeah. Uh, they're smaller than your standard grocery store persimmon. So as is often the case with wild fruit, it's a smaller variety. Sure. Um, but they're also orange. They blush red. The American persimmon has kind of a... Uh, um, like a silvery bloom on the skin, the way you'll see with some oh, wow. apples on trees. Interesting. Um, so instead of being like super shiny, they're like a little bit duskier or dustier. Sure. <laughs> they like, well, you know, they're ripe when they're like falling off the tree, basically. Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. they're supposed to be absolutely delicious. They taste similar um, to the Asian persimmon because they're, you know, the same kind of tree. Uh, however, I have heard that they taste also like have a little bit of a, a cinnamony flavor to them. Like they have like a slightly deeper, slightly more autumnal flavor. Okay. Well, that makes um, sense because I, I actually learned at one point that, uh, and here's one from uh, my American history buffs, that the seeds from persimmons were used to uh, make like a coffee substitute during the Civil War. Fascinating. Um, they and were also used to make buttons, which uh, seems like you'd want to maybe not use the same thing for two different things that you need during a war, but they, they made it work with persimmons. Yeah. You know? Um, I've also heard that American pers- persimmons taste like dried apricots drizzled with honey, Ooh. which is just such a love. Have you ever had apricots preserved in honey? No, I don't think so. Oh, they're so good. Yeah, it sounds good. And my final fact here about the uh, Diosporos virginiana, or mm-hmm. American persimmon, mm-hmm. uh, is that they're also referred to as the simmon, possum wood, possum apples, or sugar plum. Oh, that is interesting because it's not the sugar plum that you hear about, I think, in like visions of sugar plums dance in their head. But I suspect that it's probably a replacement for that. I suspect that probably when Europeans came to the Americas and found these sweet little fruits and couldn't necessarily get plums because they probably didn't have like mature plum orchards. I mean, there are wild plums as well, but like, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. um, having these little sweet 
fruits was probably really nice. Yeah, I mean the 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 classic European sugar plum is not actually a, a fruit at all. It's it's like a ground dried fruit candy dessert type of thing. Like originally? Yeah. Huh. That's why they dance in kids' heads because it's like a little like wintertime treat. I just thought they were like really nice dried fruit. Well, they are sort of, (laughs) and like often made with like actual plum, you know, like you get like a dried plum, a prune, I guess you would call it, that's been like ground up with nuts and like spices and stuff and then rolled in sugar. That sounds delicious. I always assumed it was just like a dried fruit, like in sugar, the way you can get like like dried tamarind and stuff. Sure, yeah, yeah. Which brings me to Mm. my final point Mm. on how to eat a persimmon. Is the answer Um, yes. (sighs) The answer is yes, as long as it's ripe. Yeah. Uh, but Can't the other, other very common um, way to eat persimmons, all varieties of persimmons everywhere they're grown, mm. is dried. Sure. They make a really nice dried fruit. And in Japan, mm. actually, dried persimmons were used for sweetening before, um, like, cane sugar cultivation uh, was, or cane sugar importation was common in Japan. Okay. Interesting. Um, Because they have such a high sugar content that when they're dried, they become very, very sweet. The way that you dry them, you can dry them in rings and like your humidifier, and you can just do this at home. Uh, But the traditional way to dry a persimmon uh, is to tie a string around the stem and just hang them in a sunny window, peel them and hang them. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And it kind of makes me want to try it. Um, I don't know if that would work here. Why not? I don't know. Like if the traditional way to do it is to do it in a window somewhere much warmer than here. Uh, if it's over the radiator, it's still going to be warm and dry. Oh, that's dry. true. We do have radiators. <laughs> um, but you can also get them at Asian grocery stores often. Uh, and they do usually have like a little sugar on the outside. Cool. And they're like chewy and gooey. And like uh, if you've had like a dried peach or something, mm-hmm. it's like a similar. Yeah. I, I'm I'm really curious to try that because I feel like a fruit that has like the like goopy consistency of a persimmon must yeah. dry to like a fascinating texture. You can see I've seen them online. I haven't tried them yet. I want to. Mm-hmm. I want to. I, I feel like pretty sure that the Asian grocery in our neighborhood will have them because sure. they're uh, I think very popular, especially in Korea, I've heard. But they're just beautiful. They look so nice. They look mm-hmm. like dense and chewy and uh, just like candy. Like they're beautiful. Yeah. Um and I bet oh. that I bet that concentrated persimmon flavor is beautiful. Did you just see one? I think I've maybe had one. Oh, okay. Cuz I I'm looking at this and thinking this looks like a weird thing I had once. They look like flower buds. Yeah. yeah. They they almost look like an acorn that's been squished. Uh okay, so you're looking at the fuyu ones, I think. Maybe. The hachia ones are like long. They look kind of like a daylily more bud. Like a chili pepper or a date. Well, more like a date than a yeah. chili pepper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, In any case, I yeah, I, I think I have had a type of dried persimmon at some point because okay. they look uh, they look familiar. Well, I love dried fruit. Um, mm-hmm. Dried fruit is one of my favorite snacks. I really enjoy nomin on it. <laughs> High good source of fiber. Yeah. Uh, good source of blood sugar. Yeah. And um, I want to add this to my nomin on fruits menu. You can also cook with persimmons. They lend well to purees. They lend well to sauces. I bet they'd make a nice curd. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like they would. They would maybe. This is just me, like hypothesizing here, yeah, but yeah. like, I feel like because they have that goopiness to them, they would probably do well to thicken some kind of like sauce. Yeah, you know? maybe. I don't know what their pectin content is, but yeah. maybe. Yeah. Um, and the the fuyu ones, which we haven't tried, which have a texture more like apple, it's usually recommended that you eat those raw. Sure. Um, the hachio ones are the ones that really lend well to cooking. They do apparently have a good bit of natural pectin in there them. There you go. So, so I bet persimmon jelly is really nice. Oh, probably. Yeah. yeah. 
As you can probably tell, I'm very passionate about the persimmon. Yeah. I want to eat one, and I think you should too. Yeah. That is my persimmon pitch. <laughs> there you go. If you are in a position to pick up some persimmons this week, uh, we would persuade you to uh, do that. Partake. Participate in persimmons. Participate in persimmons. And oh my God, like, okay, American persimmon season has passed. But if you live in a place where American persimmons exist, I am begging you. I am pleading with you. Please try them and then tell me what they're like. Because I've never been to the southeastern United States. And one of these days I want to go and I want to have American persimmons and I want to have pawpaws. um, Because those are two fruits that I can't have here because they don't transport well. And that I want to try because I feel passionate about fruit. Yeah. We know at least one of you here is living in some place like between southern connecticut and florida or texas surely at least some one of those states is represented here someone listening to this show must have access to a north american persimmon and if you've had them just like tell me just yeah. please tell me just i want to just i just want to know yeah. it's just something i i just want to know about it yeah. i look if you want to just like ship me fruit like guys you can always just ship me fruit i will try it and i will talk about it mm-hmm. uh, i will mm-hmm. be so happy Find a good way to do it, though. Don't just, like, put it in an envelope. No, no, you can, like, order people fruit. You can, like, send people crates of fruit. What? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, new mission, people. Send me fruit. <laughs> send us crates of fruit. <laughs> fruit crate. I can't even tell you how much, like, my my dream life is to just be one of those, like, odalisks. Well, no, odalisks have, like, serious, like, orientalism issues. But, like, I want to be somebody who lies in big fancy bed and just has plates of fruit. That's mm. the person I want to be. I want to just do that. I want to just wear pretty things and lie in bed and eat fruit. Yeah. And then I I'll mean, probably get a stomach ache and have to eat something else. But Yeah. yeah. I, I want to have the option to lie in bed eating fruit. Maybe, like, bread and cheese and fruit. Sure. Yeah. Right, we can make that happen. No, but like I want that to be my whole life. Oh, just like only oh, okay. <laughs> I mean well, like yes, let's make that happen. You know, it's going to be Valentine's Day soon. If anybody out there is looking for a couple of sugar babies, you can uh, slide into our DMs. Even We'd be a, happy to Even a couple of sugar plums. A couple of sugar plum babies will dance in your head. On that note, <laughs> thanks, thanks so much for, for listening. listening. <laughs> thanks so much for listening to this persimmon episode of No Bad Food. Do you want to join the conversation? You can hit us up on the socials at No Bad Food Pod and individually at Tefer Baron at Tom Zalatni. If you like this episode and want to help us make the show even better, you can head to patreon.com slash no bad food pod to donate and help us get to our goal of $50 worth of patron support by the end of Thiabiar. 50 smackaroos. Ooh, 50 buck. For as little as one smackaroo per month. Smack. You'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like Gab, Thomas, Anne, Erica, Andrew, Chantal, David, Mallory, and Sarah. Yeah. Do you want to add a name that doesn't fit that rhythm just to make things hard for us? You can choose whatever you name you want for Patreon. It's true. We're not going to stop you. You can lie about you your You can lie identity. about your name as long as you pay. We don't care. I don't care what your real name is if you put it on Patreon and give them money. Our patrons get access to all kinds of awesome perks, including the ability to request topics for episodes of the show. Mm -hmm. For example, uh, you could have requested persimmons, and then you would feel like you were responsible for this episode. And wouldn't that feel nice? That would feel pretty nice. We'd probably also shout you out a few times. But since I chose this for the episode, all I can do is shout myself out. Hey, Teffer, good job choosing persimmons. Wow, shout out to Teffer for requesting persimmons one time. Ooh, baby. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, if that's exciting for you, head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod and make it happen. Do you know we also have merch and you can hit the merch what? link in the description. Yeah, it's true. Hit the merch link in the description to do all sorts of great stuff from our friends over at the Pod Cavern merch store. That's right, our network, the Pod Cavern, has a merch store and you can go there to get yourself some stinking merch. Put it on your body. Put us on your body. Put us on your body. Eat a persimmon while wearing a bib with our logo on it. I meant an apron. (laughs) (laughs) Feed your baby a persimmon while wearing a No Bad Food Pod bib. And please send us a picture because that sounds adorable. And really, really make sure it's ripe. Yeah, but I think feeding a baby a soft persimmon with a spoon would be so cute. Can you imagine how much they would like that? Spoon a little fruit in that baby's mouth. It'd be a really good first fruit. That baby wants a little fruit. Give that baby a little persimmon. It'll be good for its bowels. Give a little baby little soon soon. I know I have some friends who are starting their babies on solid food soon. Give a little baby little Let that baby have a persimmon. You are a menace. (laughs) 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 To quote our daughter. Anyway, of course, you can also support us for free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice and by sharing this episode with a friend. Our theme music is by Zach, a perfect flower, Ingles, and our cover it is by David, give a widow baby widow sim sim flam. You can find links for both of them in the description of this episode. And last but not least, this show was produced by Tom Zalatni and Tepper Ajebian. Good job, Tepper. And edited by Tom Zalatni as part of the Podcavern Persimmon Network. No, it's just the Podcavern Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at www.podcavern.com. Don't forget to make your votes. This episode was persimmonly fantastic. Keep a widow baby widow shum shum. Sinister Valentine's. It just takes a little time. It takes a little time. No Bad Food is a proud member of the Podcavern Network. For more great shows like this one, head to podcavern.com. Hello, folks. I'm Katie. I'm Vinny. And we host the Learn Real Good podcast. It's a comedy podcast about science. It's also a science podcast with comedy. Each episode, we interview a science grad student about their research. And we keep it casual so you don't need to be a nerd to follow along. We also share some of the latest science newts. I think you mean the latest science news. Well, people need to hear more about amphibians. I agree with that. So look us up on your favorite podcast source and learn learn real good. good. Presented by the Podcavern Newtwork. Uh, close enough.